Good morning, Gardenia. Happy Thursday. Welcome back to Adam versus the man. Still with Jim Remote. Jim, uh, do you have an update for us on, on your family situation before we get into the show today? For a quick, quick technical update, we got try well, go ahead, Jim. Jim, I'm stalling while you get yourself streamyarded onto the screen here. Yeah, yesterday we 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 uh canceled the show. Uh, and tr well, we tried to do a uh, we tried to do a Telegram edition of the show with the new feature, which I'm I'm actually really excited about. Uh, had some technical difficulties there, and that was why I'm disorganized this morning. Is that I got up and was like, oh, oh, we got him on the phone. We're gonna get this done. We're gonna get. We're all right. So we're getting it figured out. We at least now have the ability to broadcast at t.me/slash Adam versus the man. We're working on the final uh, technical ownership administration silly transfer stuff. But Jim, how was your day yesterday? Sweet, my day was very great yesterday. I don't know if you guys, how many of you viewers know this. I just want to put a, a a disclaimer up right now that what I'm about to show you may instill some jealousy. So please hold your jealousy and take it lightly because you're about to see heaven's most beautiful and precious angel who decided to come down and be my granddaughter. That's her right there. She's the most perfect angel. Oh. I just, I just, oh. we, we could leave her on the screen for the whole show and it would be worth it. She is just that perfect. She's like, she's got a smile in the top left. She's just a perfect sleeping, beautiful angel. And the other two, and she's looking at grandpa in the bottom right picture. It's just, it just doesn't get any better than this, folks. That's, a, that's all I can say is I don't, I, I'm almost at a loss for words. You know, I've been going around everywhere I go. I've been uh, like at the cashier, I'll, I'll just say, you know, they'll say, oh, here's your total. I'll say, oh, cool. Thanks. Here you go. I'm a grandpa, by the way. <laughs> I just became a grandpa, by the way. And I'll, I'll already have my pictures up. I'll be like, oh, check this out. I just got back from this. I was at the hospital. This is my grandbaby. I'm like telling everybody it's ridiculous because I'm just so proud. I'm so proud of my daughter. Uh, uh, my granddaughter's father, Caleb, he's an awesome individual. I'm so, I just couldn't be happier. My, I'm on cloud nine right now, and it's going to be very difficult for me, Jim Freedom, to find things wrong with the world today because I'm way too focused on the greatness of that. <laughs> but don't worry. We'll, we'll show you all the things going wrong in the world today, Jim, even though we, we haven't got you links. Yeah, yet. yeah, yeah. Uh, I know, yeah I have, no links. I've been, I've been saving you from the news this morning. You don't have to look at it. You can just listen along and be like, oh, yeah, that's that's the rest of the world, huh? That's an it's an important reminder, uh, you know that that, that they're you know, we still live in a world full of babies and puppies and kittens and hugs love. and kisses and love and good things. Yeah. So I'm gonna be producing the show like this today, just looking at my phone. So if I mess up my <laughs> wings, then because <laughs> I just can't take my eyes off her, man. She's just so perfect and beautiful, and I love her to death. And uh, Thank you to everybody who's who's uh, you know commented and and congratulated me and everything and just thank you. It's overwhelming and awesome and uh, it's an experience of a lifetime. I can tell you that, you know. So, just glad you're all here. Love this show. That's too unique on YouTube. Right on. All right. Well, we got uh, we got Ed co-hosting today, so we're gonna be talking about Afghanistan a lot. 
But before that, before that, Jim, would you, I mean, do you feel like doing producer notes? Oh, yeah. I forgot about those. <laughs> See, that's another thing that happens when you have something this beautiful in your life. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I just can't think. I'm like, oh, promos. That's right. Okay. Well, the, well but before the promos part, what the, the, the main producer note is that we may be able to just broadcast live on Telegram now. If that's the case... I'm, I'm going to start having a lot of fun with that. We'll, we'll see how it works. So beyond t.me slash Adam versus the man, my apologies. We got ahead of ourselves yesterday saying, well, Jim's out. Let's not try to do a regular show. Adam will just experiment with this new telegram. And then, oh, we couldn't do it. So we're getting there. I apologize for sort of, it was, it was last minute. We didn't know Jim's timing exactly until the last minute, but it worked out. Um, so. I can't wait to see how that works out. That is going to be cool. So let me put you down, do some promos here before we get started. First thing we want to remind you guys of, as always, patreon.com forward slash Adam versus the man. We got one, we got five, we got 10, even a $50 a month package. $10 a month gets you access to the private producers club where we share links. And uh, everybody was congratulating me on being a grandpa and all that fun stuff, some personal stuff involved in the private producers club as well. So that's an extra cool uh, part of that next we can talk about instagram at the garden of freedom you've probably seen pictures of life up there in gardenia but if you want to keep up with life up there in gardenia all through all the four seasons that it experiences you can do so on instagram the handle is at the garden of freedom you type that in you click follow and you're good to go you got beautiful visual stimulation uh except for uh, <laughs> I was going to say something there about how it's, it's not as beautiful as my granddaughter, but <laughs> I'm torn because I'm a producer. I can't talk bad about our own promos. So I'll just keep moving on. Next, we're going to talk about homefrontbattlebuddies.com, the best veterans nonprofit organization that's aiming to end the need for combat veterans in the first place. If you'd like to know how they're going to do that or donate to help them do so, you can do that on homefrontbattlebuddies.com and know that all of your donations are theft deductible there. So that is awesome. Next, we talk about the crypto, the number six.com, the Bitcoin church that was rated up in Keene, New Hampshire. We've been bringing it up every day until those guys are free and released of all charges. No victim, no crime. It's bullshit what's happening to them. You can write to Mr. Nobody who's still sitting in a cage at the top link there at the crypto, the number six. Dot com and lastly gogreenenergyonline.com we're going to be talking to our friend mr nygaard the creator of this website again tomorrow but for today you can just visit gogreenenergyonline.com to educate yourself on how to do it yourself and get yourself off-grid self-sustained with solar power micro wind power make your whole house zero energy uh learn how to do so gogreenenergyonline.com love y'all guess what if i haven't told you i'm a grandpa have a good day <laughs> All right. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, co-host Ed Vallejo. Morning, sir. Good morning, Mr. Kokesh. Uh, you know, I'm so glad that Jim is going through what he's going through because it gives me that perspective on life that I need when I'm dealing with three people that are at the end of their life. Two of them are passing away and and a brother-in-law of mine passed away just recently of, of prostate cancer. So I attended his funeral a couple of days ago. So I'm dealing with all these things and that bright ray of sunshine of seeing Jim's new new grandbaby. That was, that, that's what I needed. You know, it's the hope for the future that it's not just a bunch of big bullet. 
it's not a bowl of pits. There are some cherries in the bowl. Well, what else? Uh, what are you looking at in the news today? Have you been keeping up with what's going on in Afghanistan amid all of your uh, your, your personal logistical challenges recently? Yeah, I've kind of I've I've kind of kept an eye on it a little bit closer since you've been you've been hammering it, and it's just it it, it looks really hinky. The more I look at it, the more I see what's going on, and just it's just so hinky. There's so much weirdness and just. Just it, it, it was so counterintuitive. I mean, when you're gonna when you're gonna pull out of uh, an occupation, you get all your friends out. Then you get all the you know anybody that's left besides that. Then you get your security out. You don't pull your security forces out first, and then you know everybody's scrambling amongst the enemy trying to get out. So the big headline today is that there was a suicide bomber at the Kabul airport from Daily Mail. The headline is suicide bomber attacks Kabul airport after ISIS threat. At least three U.S. troops are injured and 13 dead, including children in blast at hotel where Westerners were holed up before evacuation flights. Uh, of course, it, it seems like any, and this is just right out uh, this morning. Um, I'm, I have a, I mean, do you want to get into this? I, I have a feeling that this is not, this is pretty far off what actually happened. This initial report and you go, mm, so I, just going through the bullet points here, there was an explosion at the Abbey gate in Kabul airport shortly before 6 30 PM local time Thursday. An unconfirmed number of Afghan nationals are dead. It's unclear if any foreign citizens are hurt. The blast came hours after officials warned of an imminent bomb threat from ISIS-K. ISIS-K? That, yeah. That's the new variant of ISIS? Right. Right. ISIS-K. <laughs> I missed ISIS B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, and J. We're on What's, ISIS-K already? Is this it, like, started, it, it started as ISIL. Remember that? This sounds like COVID variants. There was, there was, you know, Delta, and then we skipped ahead to Lambda. What is... It started with ISIL, which was the Islamic right. State in uh, the Levant. In Levant. Right. Right. And then it went to the Islamic State in Syria. That's what ISIS went to. Now we got ISIS K. What does the K stand for? Kabul? I don't know. McCarthy and a slew of Republicans continue their criticism of Biden as desperate Americans and Afghans surrounded Kabul airport trying to escape the Taliban, the growing threat of attack from the Islamic State offshoot. ISIS K. So it's it's not sequential. It's it's an offshoot. That's that's good to know. Uh, but it makes you wonder like who's desperate enough right now as as this uh withdrawal is unfolding to make a to, to commit uh you know a suicide attack if that's what this is uh u.s troops closed airport gates on thursday after the threat was reported while rushing to remove citizens america's top diplomat in afghanistan ross wilson claims it's still safe to go to the airport the pentagon has insisted it will not withdraw troops in the next 36 hours and will stay until August 31 at least. 
Canada, Britain, Holland, and Poland are winding down their evacuation missions in light of the growing threat. There are at least 1,000 Americans in Afghanistan and the State Department have not been able to evacuate. Wilson claimed on Thursday his office was making phone calls to find them all and save them. President Biden, who has refused to take responsibility for the shambolic evacuation, is not due to speak about the is not due to speak about the crisis publicly today. Biden has been briefed on the explosion. Pentagon spokesman John Kirby is due to speak at 10:30. So, one of the other stories related to this from the Wall Street Journal: CIA, U.S. troops conduct missions outside Kabul airport to extract Americans' Afghan allies. Risky operations include helicopter lifts, ground troops as evacuation window closes. Right. Again, the timing in this and just the incompetence, you go, this isn't incompetence. This is deliberate. This is this yeah. is a setup. And and to I'm looking at this just trying to figure out to what extent it's a setup. First of all, the suicide bombing. Why would you commit a suicide bombing here and now? Yeah, it I don't get it. It doesn't seem to make sense for a number of reasons. However, who's desperate right now? Is 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 the Taliban desperate? No. Is ISIS desperate? No. People of Afghanistan desperate? Generally, no. But some people who are being evacuated are. Does that does that motivate a suicide bombing? No. You know who is desperate? Same people who are always desperate to sow chaos and wreak havoc and create excuses for an escalation of combat operations. The military-industrial complex. Now, who within that is like? Is it, it you go? Oh well, who's doing operations in in Afghanistan right now? The CIA and U.S. troops. Yeah. Am am I jumping to conclusions? I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, uh, with with an illegitimate authority in charge giving the orders, anything is possible. I mean, what we have to get down to the motive of all of this. What was the basic motive? Is it to destroy America? That's that's the motive. I the overall overarching motive that I see going on is 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 an illegitimate power taking charge somehow and then obfuscating everything that they possibly can to foment, you know, uh, discord to destroy from within. So a little perspective on the numbers, according to the Daily Mail, overnight 5,100 people were flown out of Kabul on U.S. military planes, another 8,300 saved by coalition flights. <coughs> the total, 13,400 drastically less than the 19,000 rescued in the previous 24 hours. So that's a lot, but it seems to be slowing down. The uh, Related to this from uh, catholicnewsagency.com, desperate Afghan Christians turned away at airport. With time running out to rescue civilians fleeing the Taliban, Afghan Christians, and other Others whose names appear on U.S. government lists of qualified evacuees are being turned away at the airport in Kabul, 
representatives of aid organizations and others told CNA Wednesday. I was told by, con so uh, Christians, kind of, I, what do you make of this, Ed? Christians are worried when it comes to Islam because Islam is ready to destroy Christendom, you know, in any way it can. You know, they, it, Afghanistan has now been declared an emirate. Right. Okay, which means it is under Islamic control. I mean, that's... That just boggles my mind. It really does. I, how, how, how concerned are you that the Taliban is actually going to represent a, a violent threat to Christians, like, directly, that they're not just... I mean, it, it, it's... Th this is one of those things about the Middle East that is exaggerated and demonized in the American media, right? Well, they're, they're, they're religious fundamentalists. They hate Christians. They, they stone and beat women, and they, they oppress them in all, all these other ways. Oh, and by the way, since they hate Christians, they kill Christians. Well, if you said, well, by the way, Americans hate Muslims, and they kill Muslims, well, geez, where's the score on the evidence there? Pretty fucking clear, right? And so it's this mischaracterization of, well, Americans hate Muslims. No, no, no. We just kill a lot of them. You know, Muslims in these in these emirate, you know, government systems now, do they do they 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 hate Christians pretty openly. They chant death to America, but are they actually going out and and committing the same scale of crime or on any kind of meaningful way? If the U.S. government told me, yeah, we have to be worried about the Taliban killing Christians in, in Afghanistan right now, I'd be like, I, I'm not going to trust that coming from you when the bigger fear is we, we have to worry about the U.S. military killing Muslims in the Middle East. If we want to look at scale of threat here, it's pretty obvious. This is Biden's Benghazi. Okay, it's all there is to it. It's Biden's Benghazi moment. I mean, whatever whatever he thought he was going to try and do, he had no concept of how to do it unless what he wanted to do was to make a big-ass mess and just stir up all the ants real good so that we have to go back there next week and, you know, with triple the number of forces just to clean out all of the problems that created by the vacuum that Trump created when he said that we had to be out by a certain point in time. I think that's that's more of why they they did it than anything else is because Trump said they wanted it done so they were going to screw it up as bad as they can so they can blame it on Trump. I've seen them do that too many times with too many things. You know? And then they got China on the backside of them pushing them and paying them and who knows what else going on. I don't yeah, know. No, no, I, and I've heard this theory that the, the Biden administration, I've heard this narrative of, of the Biden administration blaming Trump for setting up the original deal and the withdrawal right. date and negotiating with the Taliban and all of that. It doesn't seem to have any traction. I think, if, I mean, if they screwed up, like, they don't even look like, like they're, they're not even going like, hey, here's this mess that Trump gave us. And we're doing our best to hold it together, and we're doing a good job, and we're really screwed. It still sucks because it's Trump's deal. They're just like, yeah, this is Trump's deal, and we're making it worse, and we're letting it fall apart, 
and we're fucking it up so much worse than he possibly could have. Like, well, he could have fucked it up this bad if he wanted to. But look at how bad we're making it worse. Isn't this amazing? Like, uh, but it's Trump's problem. Trump started this. I I don't think they're getting away with that. The 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 Democrats are better propagandists. I, I want to point out one other thing before I move on to where I, where I think we're going with the bigger point on Afghanistan. But uh, from this CatholicNewsAgency.com story, among the A groups caught up in the chaos is conservative talk show host Glenn Beck's nonprofit group, the Nazarene Fund, which Beck says has raised more than $28 million to evacuate Christians from Afghanistan. That's awesome. Remember, we, we I've, I've been championing the uh, Quentin Quarantino effort to get six, I uh, got $6 million for, I guess, higher profile or higher priority refugees than Christians. I mean, if you think about, I mean, first of all, if you, if you accept that, I, I don't know, I, how much do you think the Taliban is going to be vengeful against everybody who worked with the American government? Because clearly, I, I mean, they're saying as they have to say, oh, we're going to be forgiving, we're going to be inclusive, we're going to be respectful of women's rights as much as we can under Sharia law. They can't, but when it comes to like the, the, the forgiving part, just to focus on that for a second, they can't try to hold accountable every single Afghan who worked with the Afghan National Army, paid for by the U.S. military, as traitors and sentenced them to death or any other like it's it's not feasible it's literally too big a portion of the population that at least at that level you know they can't say oh you cooperated with the americans we're going to kill you now there's no way it's that simplistic right but there's levels right so the base level of the afghan national army troops every bureaucrat every clerk bottom level worker who worked with the Americans, they can't. Then there's worked with the US military. Then there's like people who are translators working with the US military. There are people who are consultants. There are people who did security directly with US military. There are people who were part of those violent, oppressive US military operations. Then there were the political collaborators, right? I'm seeing this as like a pyramid, obviously. Three levels. There's like the real top level you helped fuck with the Afghan people on behalf of the Americans. Right. You did evil shit and you got away with it because the Americans were here. Fuck you. I think the Taliban should okay. go after you. Now, right? I, okay, Adam, I've seen where that was one of the things that, that was a big goof in that when they left the embassy, they didn't clear out all the papers and the Taliban went in there and took all the papers and got the lists of everybody that collaborated with the government and they have those lists. I saw that report. Um, have you read the Quran, Adam? Only parts. Okay, well, I've read this book, okay, because Know Thy Enemy is Part of what my book says so i read the enemy's book okay and the enemy's book is full of a lot of stuff that most people don't know okay 
One of them is what's called Takia, T-A-Q-I-Y-Y-A. Takia is the idea that you could lie, cheat, steal, do evil, do anything as long as it furthered the objectives of Islam, it was yeah. okay. Yeah. You can do that, okay? So you got to remember that you're dealing with a group of people that lying is one of their options, okay? It's a viable option for them. They can lie their ass mm -hmm. off all they want to, and in the end, they can go ahead and do their basic Islamic practices, and I think that's part of what they're doing. If they say they're going to play nice, they're only going to play nice until we leave to the point where they have control, and then the niceness is over. So you you have no faith in the Taliban no. being no. reformed no. at all from the nineties. They're going to kill their own that helped the enemy because they aren't supposed to do that. You aren't supposed to help the enemy in any way. And if you well, help the enemy in any way, then your neck needs to be separated. If you're right on this, I'm going to look naively optimistic. Jim Freedom, Christianity claims government authorities ordained by God. What's the difference? Yeah, so Christianity... can tell me to kill those that I cannot convert. The Quran says you will convert everyone to Islam, and those that will not convert will have their necks separated, okay? And they keep using that phrase, necks separated, because... You cut the head off of a non-believer. Okay, so I got. If I may, I'm sorry. Here. I don't mean to interject, but I have I, I have too much that I want to put in a put in a comment on this one. Come on! I have a video on my page, a two-minute video of a Christian pastor, literally preaching and saying, "We need to kill." all homosexual people on this planet by christmas that is what god wants us to do it says right there in leviticus 21 that all homosexuals shall be put to death that's the same kind of verbiage that's used to demonize a religion to make the people that follow okay it. there's crazy. a difference here jim wait there's a difference here between one idiot in a religion standing up and spewing bullshit. Idiots. Westboro and, and all that shit. There's plenty of Christian idiots. The same way there's what? plenty of Islam idiots, but there's also plenty of is plenty of good Islam people that don't believe any of that extremism crap from the Islam fear-mongering bullshit tribe. You know what I'm saying? I think that the majority of Islam people believe in the peace and get along to go along. And the, the way that somebody interpreted the book to mean what you're saying, yes, we should go rob and steal and kill from everybody. That's what Christianity is saying by saying that we should submit authority to the government. Police, Christian pastors are always telling cops that they believe that they're picked by God, they're ordained by God, their authority is just and righteous. No, it's not. Look at what the government is doing to us and its own people. And Christianity is supporting and upholding that. That's no different than, than there. It's just it's being demonized by others. That's the whole point. Sharia and Islam and all that is being demonized on our side and Christianity is being demonized on their side so that we'll keep doing what we're doing and the war will continue. Have a nice day. If, if we just go by what is written in the basic manuals, okay? One of them says love and life, and the other one says convert to our way or kill. See, you're, see now what you're doing there is you're taking 
this particular person's interpretation of this book, and then you're taking a different person's interpretation no, of a different book. Yes, you no, are. No, I, I'm, I'm telling you. What my brain tells me after reading both. Okay, okay. so right. what you Fair guys enough. are doing is arguing Fair beliefs and words and meanings in other people's right. heads. There we go. That's what, what I'm I'd to like say. to look at. You're you're making an argument that is an appeal to speculation of intent, right? Uh, which is like a logical. I mean, we're we're trying to say, we're we're we're, we're uh, oftentimes this debate, you know, of like which organized religion is the most evil, you know, is is and it doesn't have. Is that really what we're arguing? <laughs> is that the clearly like, was that what we were getting at here? No, what we were getting at was. You know the relative threat of of Islam as a belief system in Afghanistan and in the Middle East in particular, and I, I, I this is where I always have to caution myself because I I go well these are the rebels who just defeated the empire, fuck yeah part of me is cheering for the Taliban and I I want to make I want to I want to make sure that I'm not making excuses for them, and I try to caveat. All of my points about this uh, by saying, you know, I'm not defending the Taliban as a righteous organization, but in in in, in my conversation, by the way, when I did my uh, panel, it was Justin O'Donnell's panel with, uh, and he's an Afghan vet uh, or Afghanistan American vet uh, with um, Scott Horton, author of Fools, Aaron, who is who is a steeped in knowledge and research and history expert on American foreign policy and Middle East affairs and uh, NVIDIA Magnus, who was more there to promote endthedamnwars.org and the upcoming rallies for 9-11. And I I, I was asking them, because I said, this is the question I asked on the show last week, sort of rhetorically to myself. I said, is it too soon to call the Afghanistan the people's militia uh, or the Taliban, the people's militia of Afghanistan. And Scott Horton had the best answer. He said, the Taliban is the people's militia of some people of Afghanistan. It's not everybody, but it's a lot closer to being a force that genuinely represents the will of the people than the Afghan National Army sponsored by the US. So. When when you guys turn this into a debate of, of Christianity versus Islam, um, uh, it, it it seems divorced from the important reality that I want to get at, which is like, what's the body count? You know, you you have these bad ideas. Okay, well we get we get people have used. We can clearly show that on both uh, that that both Islam and Christianity have been used to excuse horrific violence. They have also been used to manipulate others into committing large-scale horrific violence. But I want to look at what is the actual effect right now. And what I'm but we're going to take a we're going to take a break from uh, the three of us ranting for about 9 minutes and 25 seconds. You see the link I just I just shared there, Jim. And then right we're up. gonna come back to this conversation. We're gonna see how it affects it. 
Because this is a video I did in 2015 called The Restraint of Muslims. Warning, warning, warning for YouTube. Now it's like we got to put a warning <laughs> on this video, wherever it is also, because it's warning graphic violence. When you pull it up on YouTube, it says this video contains content that some members of the YouTube community may find disturbing. Do you wish to proceed? Yes. Um, so, Jim, I don't know if you see the there, there's a there, there's yeah, one portion right of this. Yeah, there's there's the actual warning. But there's one portion of this video for the sake of our longer video today. See if you can if you can uh, black it out with the, the Jordanian pilot being burned alive. I think that's that's the one really graphic part of this video that I think uh, it got it got it flagged this way. We want to protect our bigger broadcast video today from not having that standard. Um, uh, so I don't know if there's a way you can do that in StreamYard. Uh, well, if I know the timing of it, I can just take it off screen, put us back on screen. For the to You'll skip. see it coming. Okay, it's only right, the so go, go ahead and go ahead and roll tape. Leave my mic on because I'm gonna I'm gonna there's some captions and I'm gonna read to make sure it works for the audio. But go ahead. Okay. All right. Perfect. My fellow Americans, tonight I want to speak to you about what the United States will do with our friends and allies to degrade and ultimately destroy the terrorist group known as ISIL. Thanks to our military and counterterrorism professionals, America is safe. Still, we continue to face a terrorist threat. We can't erase every trace of evil from the world, and small groups of killers have the capacity to do great harm. That was the case before 9-11, and that remains true today. Oh, so cute, so cute little puppy. Oh, 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 that's mean. That was mean, Matari. Now let's make two things clear. ISIL is not Islamic. No religion condones the killing of innocents. The vast majority of ISIL's victims have been Muslim. ISIL is certainly not a state. It was formerly Al-Qaeda's affiliate in Iraq and has taken advantage of sectarian strife and Syria's civil war to gain territory on both sides of the Iraq-Syrian border. It is recognized by no government nor by the people it subjugates. ISIL is a terrorist organization, pure and simple. It has no vision other than the slaughter of all who stand in its way. Left, left unchecked, these terrorists could pose a growing threat beyond that region, including to the United States. While we have not yet detected specific plotting against our homeland, ISIL leaders have threatened America and our allies. I know many Americans are concerned about these threats. Tonight, I want you to know that the United States of America is meeting them with strength and resolve. Oh, 
that out so wrong. This is a core principle of my presence. If you threaten America, you will find no safe haven. Already, allies are flying planes with us over Iraq. This is American leadership at its best. We stand with people who fight for their own freedom. I love pork. I love pork. I love pork. I love pork. Wait, 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 wait. Aren't you a Muslim? I thought Muslims weren't supposed to eat pork. But you still love pork? So that makes you a dirty little heathen bastard Muslim. Well, then why are you a Muslim still? I don't know. I don't know either, man. So I welcome congressional support for this effort in order to show the world that Americans are united and confronted this day. My fellow Americans, we live in a time of great change. This is Fallujah. The fighting finished five years ago, but it is still a lethal place, especially for newborn babies. I've come to visit the Fallujah General Hospital, which I've heard is dealing with a significant increase in serious birth defects. This is actually mainstream. This is as many as 25% of infants have been born in recent months with serious abnormalities. Tomorrow marks 13 years since our country was attacked. Next week marks six years since our economy suffered its worst setback since the Great Depression. Yet, despite these shocks, we have heard that a half a million children have died. I mean, that's more children than died when, when, in, in Hiroshima. And, and, you know, is the price worth it? I think this is a very hard choice, but the price, we think the price is worth it. Through the pain we felt and the grueling work required to bounce back, America is better positioned today to seize the future than any other nation on Earth. American leadership is the one constant in an uncertain world. You guys suck each other off at night? Yes. Yeah. You do? I didn't know. So you love eating each other's cornhole? No. no. Yes? No. Yes. You fucking, you fuck him in the ass? Yes. What about you? Does he, do you guys all fuck each other in the ass? That's good. Hey, do you want some more cock? No. You don't, you're done with the cock? Hey, can I jizz on your face? Yes. I, I can? Okay, cool, thanks. Sure. All right, pause, go, pause, go back uh, to that screen with the numbers. Um, but this is definitely the part, yeah, we don't want to show with the uh, Jordanian pilot being burned alive. ISIS, allegedly. Uh, but even then, I look at that and I go, I look at that now and think about how staged that looks. They all have perfect, you know, Marpat uh, digital camouflage utilities. Uh, mm, but anyway, the uh, the numbers here, the first the first slide with the numbers, total dead in 9-11 attacks, less than 3,000. American military combat deaths since 9-11 less than 10,000. American con military contractor deaths since 9-11, less than 10,000. Americans 
killed in terrorist attacks since 9-11. Less than 100. Americans killed in all terrorist attacks before 9-11. Less than 1,000. So, Jim, if you can skip ahead to the uh, from the part of the Jordanian pilot being burned. Just uh, like 10, 20 seconds there. Thirty seconds, maybe, and get back to Obama talking. So, Iraqi children killed by U.S. sanctions. Over half a million Iraqis killed due to the invasion. Over six hundred and fifty thousand. And our own safety, our own security depends upon our willingness to do what it takes to defend this nation and uphold the values that we stand for. The Muslims were responsible for 9-11 and every terrorist attack against Americans in the world since and every terrorist attack against Americans in the world before 9-11 and every death, go back, sorry, I'm gonna get that last part. Every death of every Western soldier and contractor abroad since. Go ahead. It is still a great testament to their capacity for restraint and forgiveness. ideals that will endure long after those who offer only hate and destruction have been vanquished from the earth. May God bless our troops, and may God bless the United States of America. All right. Both of you guys back up on screen here. Now, I got a question, Adam. Now go back to that debate. I have a question, Adam. Was all of the the birth defects of all those babies was that from all the depleted uranium that we sprayed everywhere? Depleted uranium and white phosphorus, I believe, in Fallujah when I was there in two thousand four. Horrible. I I just want to add, uh, you, since you say go back to that debate. I wasn't trying to make the debate as you were saying my uh, maybe I didn't articulate it well enough. But my point I was trying to really make is my belief is that every religion on the planet, its base is love and compassion and giving and caring and everything that we know and, and that the people think and that every religion on the planet can be dissected and interpreted differently to made look evil and fought against that's that's my personal belief i think that every religion on the planet starts at its very core is is the same message that you know is the the mainstream christianity idea that jesus says love everybody and love and kindness and those are all the virtues that we should care about and all the great things that's the core fundamental of all religions and they they all get manipulated and can be interpreted evilly you know 
That's what I think. Why don't they just write that? Well, because then you some people have, bro. I will. Will you listen to it then? Will you say, "Hell, shit, that must have been God"? Are you gonna say that? No, you're gonna believe what you're gonna believe, regardless. Why would they write that? No. So Ed, so Ed, so you look at the texts of Judaism and Christianity and Islam and anything else that's got a big, complicated book. You know, they've all got things that have been interpreted as an excuse to do evil. It's just that in the, and I'm not going to debate like the, the, the virtue of Islam or Christianity. I think they're both silly religious mythology that separate us from nature and true God. I think they're, they are religions of, of control and doctrine as opposed to true spirituality. And, and as far as I'm concerned, they're both full of shit, you know, and, and I respect that there are good Christians and there are good Muslims for whom their religion isn't that. It's a cultural system. It's a belief system. It empowers them to be more loving and to be better people. That's fine. I have no problem with that. But as uh, as the texts themselves, they all have excuses that can be misinterpreted or interpreted to do evil. So like the Kia in Islam, the idea that you can lie if it's in the interest of Islam, there are lots of people who, who in the name of Christianity and in leadership have said, well, this part of the Bible does, maybe they don't have the exact language. Maybe it is a unique feature of Islam that their book says, yes, you can lie directly if it does this, this, and this, right? But I'm sure there most Muslims in the, you look at the, the, the majority of people who happen to identify as Muslim, they're good people who don't want to lie, who don't go, well, I'm going to lie. There's not like this epidemic of Muslims going around going, well, hey, if you join Islam, I'll give you candy in the back of my van. You know, there's, there's not like, you know what I mean? There's not like, oh my God, they, yes, they, all the leaders of major religions lie to people who don't believe in their religion and saying that their religion is the one true religion. So yeah, maybe there's this unique evil quirk of Islam that says, okay, they justify murder and 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 lying if it's if it furthers the interests of islam i would bet there are plenty of islamic scholars who can who have interpreted that and explained it and, and expounded on it in specific ways and say no that that only means in this limited circumstance if this and that and, the, and you go well are it, what you really need to be asking then is does islam have more of an effect than christianity on making people dishonest yeah. And I, that would be a really fun thing to study, wouldn't it? As like a whole series of social psychology experiments and how to categorize and what qualifies and define people into groups and then use actual lab studies like, you know, we're just not, not where you're cutting people open, but, you know, just putting them in challenging situations and recording the results and you go, well, which has a greater inclination to honesty? What does honesty trend with? Okay, well, there you go. Now we can answer that decisively. But we can answer decisively, well, gee, which religion does mass murder go with? All of them. <laughs> well, right now, I know in, in, in recent history, like, and I, so like, I'm, I'm open to being challenged on this. I don't, I, I know there have been uh, mass murders conducted by governments other than the United States, right? <laughs> like, <clears throat> based on religions nominally other than christianity but like what are what are the great slaughters of 
uh, you know, of, of Muslim, uh, the history of Islam or the Islamic world, and do they really measure up to those of, of Christian-based society? Anybody? Any any Islamic historical scholars in the room today? <laughs> no. Nope. Not today. Well, so I hope with that video we can at least go, well, in the modern era, one religion looks pretty peaceful next to the other one. Even though it sounds in the American mainstream media in our distorted view where like, hey, how many Muslims can you name? Oh, they're, they are the only ones you can name are members of, of ISIS or the Taliban. Maybe, maybe you're getting a little Cassius biased. Cassius Clay. Cassius Clay, there you go. Great Muslim, absolutely. All right. Um, active today. <laughs> Louis Farrakhan. <laughs> uh, no, I, think, I think my point's pretty obvious, right? Americans who see it, Muslims presented to Americans in the media. Uh, Rahm Emanuel uh, are, are almost always drawn from the, 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 the most demonizable portion of the demographic. <laughs> I guess today we're not counting statism as a religion. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, statism, yeah, part. of course we are. Thank you, thank you for that perspective. Well, I th she said that when I said when I was saying all religions are based in love, and <laughs> oh, oh, I guess we're not talking oh, about God. we're not considering statism a religion today. <laughs> or, or the mask, well, so so let's 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 look at the religion of statism from that framework for a second. Is is uh, because you would say statism? Oh, that's not a religion of love. That's a religion of fear. And, and control and domination. Island. But you know what? At the core, it's all for love of country. Just like it's it's all for the love of Jesus. Right? It's all for love. Like they, they have I, I don't know. There's a flip side to that as well. You want to say that all all world religions are based on love. Um, you could just as well say, no, they're all based on fear. They're all based on you're gonna die. Wait, yeah, wait, wait, wait. Tell, tell me the last person that killed in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Jesus told me to kill this person. George W. Bush said God himself instructed him to invade Iraq. Oh, really? <laughs> you know, Just because I, I don't know the person, I guarantee you not, it happens, man. I'm telling you. I mean, there's people like that pastor on my video. He, the guy preaches preaches church with a gun on his hip, and he's literally preaching church, telling his whole congregation in a pissed off fashion, like getting excited about it. Come on, people! When are we gonna listen to the Lord? When are we gonna yeah. go out and kill all these damn homosexuals? This is bullshit. Right, quick, we could have a world Google without search. AIDS by Christmas. That's quick how he Google preaches, search man. Gives he came me across this homosexual from the Guardian. My book says there will be many that come in my name. But yeah. right, the Guardian says, George Bush, God told me to end the tyranny in Iraq. President told Palestinians God also talked to him about Middle East peace. Mm. Wow. George Bush claimed he was on a mission from God when he launched the invasions of Iraq and Afghanistan 
See, there's yeah. there's a difference there. There's a difference there, Adam. Okay, he, anybody can say God told me to do this, but I didn't hear him say I'm going to go to war in the name of Jesus. Okay, that was, there's a big that's difference. That's Christian God. The Bush. That's Bush was definitely uh, at least nominally a Christian. <laughs> I will say real quick. I, I just want to go back to the to the statism comment there. I, I was wanting to say you you had me on a train of thought there, and you know, trying to love status. So you know what I mean. Trying to find something to love about status, and and you got me thinking. You're right. Like I do actually believe that the vast majority of people that are that I would, you know in my lesser times called brainwashed or whatever they they mean well they they believe those things because at their core they want the best world possible for everybody yeah. i believe that yeah, that's so, so, right. the core of it it's, like you it's said. A, so we can say it's a nationalism it's a love of country right, right? It, it, and it's a perverted form right. of love for community right right whereas like you could look at any major religion and say they're love of their religion and their practice and everything is a perversion of their inherent love of a righteous God. Right, right. Yeah. Or like a righteous that. vision of God as opposed to a fear based vision of God. Awesome. I like that. That's cool. Anything can be abused. Yeah, absolutely. That's the point. Yeah. Yeah. The basis is love and uh love and expansion, but it's being abused. Everything's being abused by very specific people. I like this one post I said, uh, uh, the world isn't dying, it's being murdered, and the people who are murdering it have names and addresses. <laughs> like, <laughs> we all know who's fucking up the world right now, you know? The people at the top yeah. levels are fucking destroying shit around us. Babylon is crumbling, and it's their fault. We know who they are. What are we doing, you know? They have names and addresses, people. The right, they can't go anywhere. We're on a rock floating through space, man. They got nowhere to run. You know what I mean? <laughs> we all need to do, say do it's we, enough. Do we attack and lose, or or or? No, we can find and restrain. outside the matrix and call people out. Yeah, I don't know. I wish I did. We can well, live off grid. That's what we could do. <laughs> yeah, that's the ladder. Yeah. So, I mean, Ed, I, I know this is a bit of a sidebar because we have more uh, headlines on Afghanistan and, and we have some COVID and some fun grab bag stuff to get to today as usual. Right. But I've, I've, I've got a gap in my worldview and my, in my understanding of what's happening right now that was illuminated by my conversation with Mike Adams last Thursday. Okay, good. It goes, it goes like this. There's a certain super class in the world that we, that we all know exists because by definition it must exist. I define super class as the several hundred or thousand. So it could be uh, two or three hundred to two or three thousand. Whatever, and that group is going to fluctuate. But the most powerful people in the world who are effectively the architects of society, all institutions, the major string pullers, the most wealthy and powerful in the world, right? That exists. There's a group of people that we can always say, it's very subjective who you include in that, but that exists. That's not up for debate, right? Now, within this group, we know that to some degree, 
they're all at least sociopaths. They don't care about you. They don't care about your life. They are willing to let you die, if not kill you directly, to maintain their power. And this is evidenced by the actions of the institutions of the world that they oversee. This is evidenced by the fact, the mere fact, that they are hoarders of power, hoarders of wealth, and that they could use even a tiny part of that to end major problems throughout the world, and they don't. Everybody who's in this group is at least a billionaire or a functional billionaire, and probably more so of a billionaire uh, on, on paper than the guy who's like got a company that's worth a billion dollars and he owns, you know, he's the, the owner of the company and it's all stock and, you know, it's it's not liquid, right? These are people who are functionally of, of that level of wealth and any one of them, if they had any significant compassion that would prove they're not a sociopath, they're not a psychopath, could use a very small chunk of their wealth and power to start solving major world problems or alleviating suffering. And they don't. And they don't. They're 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 watching, managing, tolerating, possibly even some of them enjoying the suffering of the rest of humanity. Now, within that group, some of them, and this is where it gets speculative, are some kind of eugenicists. Some of them are some kind of population control fanatics, even. So now I don't think this. Here's the here's the big question. Here's the big and, and it would see well. It would seem right now that a lot of them are winning, and part of this comes down to the vaccine. What is the vaccine itself? Is it a bioweapon? Is it just an overpriced medication that's going to hurt people as a side effect? You know, is it some engineered eugenics plan? And I don't know the answer to that. I think I'm inclined to say it's unlikely. But I cannot deny that some people in that super class want the population of the world to be smaller. And maybe they're the ones who are dominating the narrative right now. Maybe they're the ones who are really pulling the strings on the way that COVID is unfolding, right? So to what degree are we, and and see, this gets to the question, what then should we do about it? Can it, because, can we survive if if these are people who are really capable of over a few generations killing half the population of the planet and i i don't know i don't think the vaccine from what i've seen so far that vaccines even over time i don't think it can be that deadly even if everybody who's gotten the vaccine is infertile you see a major population hit in the world but you know what? the rest of us are going to come back and make more babies to make up for it right like there's I just, I, to, but if they're really going to kill half the population, am I safe here on 10 acres in the mountain? Or are they going to say, well, he's making, isn't he one of those guys that makes that podcast that points in one of those, one of those podcasters that, that doesn't like what we're doing? Wouldn't our job be easier if none of those guys existed? So you see where there's the implication. But first, the question is, how much are the eugenicists running the show right now? Man. Do you want my optimistic answer or my pessimistic answer? Both. Uh, optimistically, I say half. Pessimistically, I say every single one of them are in cahoots. Anywhere, anywhere between half and one hundred percent. 
Okay, I get it, I, it's hard to put it at a hundred, you know, because there's always got to be new blood coming in because they'd have to generationally be adding new blood to keep it alive for hundreds of years, you know, to, to maintain. Maybe that. they look around at the Bohemian Grove and go, "Oh, you're not one of us, eugenicists." <laughs> <laughs> you're out and maybe it is every single one of them joey I, very well could be. jim gave his optimistic and pessimistic point of view i'm gonna give my realistic point of view margaret sanger was a eugenicist the the founder of planned parenthood we had eugenicists that were working with nasa as soon as the, the war ended and we brought them over from germany they are deeply intertwined in our government and that doesn't change they don't die out generationally they die but not before they replace themselves before they die with their protege that's going to take over with their exact right. vision. Right, so let me demystify this idea of eugenicism for a second, at least as I'm using the word in this context, because um, I guess in a sense, you could say that, I mean, eugenicist would be someone who wants to kill large portions of the population in order to control the overall, I should look up the definition, but that's how I'm using it, But not it, right? all, right? obviously so uh eugenics the practice or advocacy of improving human the human species by selectively mating people with specific hereditary traits it all it aims to reduce human suffering by breeding out disease disabilities and so-called undesirable characteristics of the human population so maybe eugenics is being used uh, it, it, in, a, in a slightly different context here of uh, the population control side of eugenics, right? Right. right. Um, but it's also eliminate anybody for a lot of for a lot of them in practice. It's eliminate anybody who isn't them, right, or doesn't serve them, isn't part of their super class running the world. Yeah, all they would have to do is no. define people dissenters as disease. I mean, the words are close enough for them to make that connection. Right. So I, I want to say that the, the concept of eugenics is very widespread. It's not a it's not a freak thing. And it's it's I don't want to I mean, yes, it's fundamentally wrong in the sense that it 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 often implies direct unethical practices. But if you say, yeah, I just want everybody on Earth to be happy. Well, how do you do that? And you go, well, you know what? Population is too high right now with 8 million people. We'd be at a better long-term sustainable ecological balance if we could engineer the population down to 4 billion and and uh, and maintain it at that indefinitely. See, so that would that state, I, I don't believe in that. I'm, I'm just saying this, I'm just throwing that out there as an example of sort of ben, a benign eugenicism that might even be voluntary and say, you know, we need to create the financial incentives to organize so that people don't reproduce as much, or we need to remove government subsidies for reproduction. And eventually there will be a, a population equilibrium established on earth and that's okay. And that's not really what I'm talking about. But what I'm talking about when I say eugenicists in the super class is, is people who want massive population control or reduction, right? And so if, if I'm talking about even just the 100 most powerful people in the world. Well, you take 100 random human beings, you're going to have a handful of eugenicists. People just go, oh, yeah, that'd probably be a good idea, you know, one way or another. But you combine that with the super class level of power, 
and then you, and then we have problems, right? Then it becomes very relevant for those of us who might be victims of some large-scale population control. Now, Jim, but your optimistic answer is still way more pessimistic than my pessimistic answer. You're way see, like you were, and, and you, at, at first it sounded like you were, you never even really asked this question, and you were afraid to get into such a heavy topic, and and now you're like discovering how how oh fuck. I got to live in fear the rest of my life now. I need to get me a bunker and survive the coming super class eugenicist apocalypse. No, but Jim, uh, I mean, I think it could be as little as like five or 10% of the super class that, you know, actually wants large scale population reduction. So would you, would you so, say that to suggest that the other 90 to 95% would be able to stop them or, or, or override them in some way to stop the plan if we could talk them into it so that's the question and and i think the more important conclusion that we come to even if it's as bad as he it can't be if it was a hundred jim they'd they'd have accomplished it by now yeah i'm not saying that i'm not saying that a hundred percent uh uh the hundred percent isn't the population they don't want to get rid of all the population obviously right no no, 100 percent of the super class believes in some ideals of eugenesis but i mean we wouldn't have homeless we wouldn't have okay hold on i don't we're not overpopulated the whole overpopulation we're not overpopulated that was what i was like we're nowhere hold on i want to say this i want to say this is like a premise first of all about my own my own beliefs and understanding of the, of the of the situation here, we are nowhere fucking close to overpopulated as a planet. There are a lot of places where we are experiencing problems with there being too many people in one place. Sure. There are a lot of ways we are experiencing problems with resource mismanagement in certain sure. places and pollution, absolutely. Sure. But in terms of the overall human life support and caring capacity. Uh, of intelligent, compassionate, conscientious human beings, the earth is nowhere, nowhere close. By a lot of estimates, a tiny, tiny fraction of earth's capacity to support human life is actually being fully or properly utilized. No doubt. And, we don't, and, and we we're don't gonna, even have cities on the majority of Yeah, the we're going to be on other planets. We it's, we're fine. You know? But, but I, when I say overpopulation, I meant cities. And, and, and if it were 100% well, of the ruling class... Awesome. That were eugenists, we wouldn't have homeless people yeah. anymore. They would just yeah. want something, be- and it, they, they would get rid of the unsightly, uh, what they see as unsightly, and. So well, it can't I mean, be 100%. But, but, yeah. but the way it could be 100%, just hear me out. Now, these people aren't. Most of them are barely they're not, they're not, they're not satanics that are literally all in a room like, yes, we need to just cold blood kill all these people they're they're together and they've convinced each other that they're right that they need to do it in the most humane way possible and blah 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 so that's why it's taken a million fucking years because they have all the time in the world and all the money in the world so they can do that and they're they're convinced they're right to be able to do it humanely you know what i'm saying the long way fighting back and they keep fucking they keep running into brick walls because they're stupid but and mother nature fights back yeah they're not stupid yeah, these, these yeah, are, these yeah are, that's wrong. These are no, like, yeah, don't, 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 duh. don't underestimate your enemy's capabilities. They are definitely not stupid. Right. They're alien right. reptilian and, beings with far advanced us. Aliens. Mr. Kokesh. <laughs> it's going to be tough for me to weigh in here because we have less than an hour left in the show. <laughs> 
It's like that. <laughs> you are all thinking globally. This is this is Ed wanting to answer the question. <laughs> you gotta connect this dot, connect that dot. There's a complex all right. issue. All right, sorry about the interruption, Ed. Take your time. Now that they have put in their disclaimer, you know, it, it, it all boils down to what you believe, right? Your individual beliefs. My individual beliefs are pretty damn deep, gentlemen. And, and you all are thinking globally where the back of my head is thinking universally. My experience is that in what I learned so far in my over six decades here on this planet, there's just a lot of people that wrote a lot of things down before they died. And you have to take into context what they wrote and what you can find out about them and everything with how much of what they wrote you can believe. Okay? Well... I've gone back and gone back and gone back and gone back in, in my research of how did we get here? And it all comes, it, it, it pretty much dead ended for me with the Shumerians, the people of the land of Shinar, the Sumer, you know, the Sumerians, as most people call them, but they were Shumerians. They were from the land of Shumer, okay, Shinar. And these people were the first ones to write things down on clay and then bake it so that it lasted. It turned into ceramic and it lasted. Okay? Everything else everybody tried to write down on paper or this or that. There was some, the, uh, the, 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 the scrolls that they found in Qumran, the, the, the Nag Hammadi scrolls and all that, those were, those were uh, copper, thin copper, hammered out copper that they put indents in. And wrote wrote their story down. Well, the Sumerians they wrote down this story that is too long for me to explain to everybody here. Okay, but their story pretty much is always in the back of my head because it was the most the most ex explain. There was the best explanation that I've read so far about what everybody said of how we got here. It was the best explanation. I mean, they had. A, they had more stuff than anybody else did that was just fantastic. I mean, all the way down to they had planispheres, okay? They had round disks of clay that they would mark. They would section them off, and they'd mark them in there, and then they'd bake them, and they were, we, we have planispheres that shows how to get from one point of the galaxy to another point of the galaxy, and it doesn't include Earth in the directions. You get my drift? Okay. There could be a larger picture here that is controlling the global picture that you all are running about. So you're saying it's aliens, not the global elite on Earth. What is alien? What is alien? I mean, I think I understand. No, no, no. Don't slap alien as a term out there to start with because then you're planting and everybody that's watching us is mind of it's alien, you know, and that means it's like 
you're looking into the egg and having it jump your face. Okay? It's because to their you're story... Humans from another like, planet are controlling it. Is what you're according saying. to their story, we are in our DNA, which is a big part of all of this, is part of their DNA, and we are them, they are us. We are part of them. We aren't them, but we are part of them, supposedly. And, uh, and part of their story is how we got here on, you know, in our configuration. You know, the, the missing link type of thing was when they put a little of them with a little of us that was here that was planted way long before this in their story. It all came together to where we are part of them, but we aren't all them. But there are some of them. And the question amongst those of us that have read Zechariah Sitchin's Earth Chronicles is the last time around their planet went out, you know, how many of them was left here to keep charge of what the hell was going on until the next time it comes around? So. When's the next time it comes around? I, wait, I, under, I understand what Ed's talking about, and okay. I've studied Zachariah Sitchin and all these all things right. you're speaking. But I think the best way to summarize that for the audience and people who hasn't is that we're all one energy. And well, you hear that in a lot of music, specifically a lot of reggae and Rasta music, because it is part of their religion, too, and their beliefs that, that, that all of our energy is connected. So, for instance, if we're all feeling good and thinking free, the, the, the scales will balance that way if more energies are, are, are thinking that way. We create the overall outcome. Is that, is that a fair summarization at the end of it all? You think, Ed? <laughs> I think you just scrambled everybody really good. Is it? <laughs> you know, uh, the the story that I told was a, a physical story, right? They have a physical story of a physical people that whose planet got caught in our our solar gravity gravitational pull. It became a member of our solar system, but it came from so far out that it's got a thirty six hundred year arc. Right, it takes thirty six hundred years to go around. One of the one of the times that it came around was the reason for the flood of Noah, and one of the times it came, all these different things. I mean, it's a it's a great vast story. It's a, it's it's an excellent story, and it's the most cognizant explanation of everything that I've seen and that that's been written all history and all. It jives with history and all of that. But okay, Ed, okay, is, maybe, maybe I can understand this if you could connect it to. Eugenicism in the superclass and COVID vaccines. Okay. The COVID vaccine, right? It came after a long protracted program of collecting the DNA of as many people on planet Earth as they could. Okay? Before the COVID and all of that stuff, before it hit, there was how many how many years were they collecting up all of everybody's DNA? Right, they collected up a lot of DNA up to a certain point, and then they—I think they engineered what they this to get the the core of people that they wanted to get. The core, the people they wanted to take out are the ones that's getting infected by the COVID shot. I mean, it's it's engineered because there was a period of time back there where I was seeing they were being able to engineer different uh, diseases towards different races. I mean, they could gear it so that it would only, 
you could infect a, a population and it would only kill a certain race in that population. I mean, they were getting really specific with their eugenic abilities before all this hit, okay? And yeah. that's, an, that's an interesting thought to think that that's why they're pushing for 100% of the people to get yeah. the vaccination. It's not that anyone who gets the vaccination is going to die. It's that they know specifically that every vaccination, every person that gets that. That's a lot, though, because you're watching people get vaccinated in CVS parking lots under tents and people are, you know what I mean? They, I don't they know if they would be able to keep that level of you don't know who's pulling into the drive. It, it makes you really wonder what are the parameters of it? I mean, you know, who is it going to take out of this vast chunk of humanity that's going to end up taking it? Or well, so this, this gets to another question for me that was raised with Mike Adams. His belief about the origin of the virus is that it's actually a hybrid of a variety of respiratory illnesses that were re-engineered and weaponized in a specific way with the spike protein. And it could have been engineered in such a way to say, it's going to kill all the black people eventually. I mean, what a, what a racist asshole's dream to be able to engineer a disease that everybody who's of, a, of the races you don't like dies from. It doesn't look like that's the case, though. I mean, if it was that, we'd see that in some big, obvious numbers at this point, wouldn't we? I just read this morning that they're saying the explanation of why there's graphene in the shot is because the graphene is supposed to attach itself onto the spikes of the spiked protein and not allow it to attach and allow it not allow it to reproduce and then it will die and it's like wow that's why you got to put uh, trillions of micro microns of, of graphene into people man that just i don't know it, it, it it's hard to fathom all of that well because about the it, the threat of the virus itself, you know, we know that it's been overplayed and so it's very tempting to downplay it. But what if the virus itself is also an engineered bioweapon that has some other long term effects, just like the vaccine? And, and we have to be just as afraid of both, sort of. I don't know. I see uh, there are a lot of memes going around of. Uh, you know, well, like Obama at his birthday party dancing with no mask. Um, of there's some British royal family event with uh, with Queen Elizabeth, no mask, but all the wait staff are wearing masks. And some of the captions are like, "Imagine a disease so deadly that it only kills poor people." That's so it can't be the disease itself. I mean, COVID, unless it's engineered. But then it, it, I don't think it would be by race. I mean, if it's the suit, the, the, if, if unless Obama's cut out, Obama was a useful puppet. And now they're like, yeah, we don't care about him now either. But he's got to know, you know, he's got to know. Or if he doesn't know, be taking appropriate precautions. If he's going out and having this, or I shouldn't say going out, staying in and having this giant birthday party at his home, he has to know that the virus itself is not really a threat to him, right? I, I kind of wished I had been on the Mike Adams show because there's a couple of questions I'd really like to ask him. I mean, he he, he said that he is unable to get a, a vial of reference material in which to test 
before COVID-19. It's like, well, I would ask him, can't you find somebody that's been diagnosed positive with COVID-19 and test them and find out what's in them? You know, you no, you'd have to extract and isolate and confirm and identify and then reproduce in some kind of high-tech Petri dish to say this is a serum of isolated exactly COVID-19 and not something else and not a mixture with other things, right? And nobody's ever done that? Well, what Mike... I. What's that other vaccine they're pushing real hard on the kids? Because I'm sitting here thinking, like, it couldn't just be one. There's no way they're going to get 100% of the population to do this. Unless the they're to hold them down. Like, they're just, or poison the water supply somehow, right? But I don't think you could effectively get, whatever. But there's that. Gardasil. HPV. Yeah, yeah, Gardasil. The HPV. Gardasil, they're pushing that hard. And you see these 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 commercials. Like, as a mother, these commercials make me angry because they're totally, like, they they blame parents like like it'll show a shot of the kid right but it's an adult and it's in bed and it's got cancer and it's dying it's like i wish my mom just got me that hpv vaccine and like it's just this fear like you know put the guilt where trip do you on see that you, on tv on cable you watch in between not, in between jeopardy uh, you know, while, yeah it, cable my my when I, I I get to submerge myself in cable when I visit my mother because it's on 24 hours a day. But these commercials are... Poisoned your yeah, brain. Yeah, disgusting, awful, terrible. I got, I got disturbing news. I got, I got disturbing news when my wife told me that my, my eighth grade grandson came home and he asked his mother if he could get the vaccine. And his mother, you know, said, why do you want to get that? And he's saying, well, you know, the other kids and everything, everybody else is getting it. And it's easier for them. It would be easier for me to get along. And she said, no, don't you dare. Don't you dare. And I said, well, you know, you got to be careful because they're allowing kids to get them without parental consent so oh yeah they threw cavities in my son's mouth and in his lunchroom without sending me home a note i about lost my mind this was in first grade they they do whatever they want if you're in public school there's some fine print now nobody knows about apparently i feel like we're kind of missing the big picture somehow like that i i mean i want to go back into the headlines and you know i want to talk about the taliban showing off their special forces and their propaganda blitz and the uh blackhawks out of there the yeah, appears, black Hawks. video appears to show taliban taking joyride in u.s black hawk helicopter and we didn't shoot that thing out of the air come on yeah um uh the according to reuters last week the Taliban seized uh, about 40 fixed-wing aircraft and helicopters that were prior under uh, Afghan National Army control. Wait a second. You saw what I put in the producer's club, right? One, of these, one of these Taliban dudes is wearing a mask. Like a COVID mask or just a COVID <laughs> mask? No, like a COVID mask. Really? The caption here says it's Taliban. <laughs> I don't know if I believe this. Are you looking at the New York Post story, Jim? No, I got the... Uh... Oh, yeah, New York Post. Yeah, that's right. Scroll down. Video appears to show Taliban taking Jorah and U.S. Blackhawk helicopters. The headline. Scroll down. 
And what's so hilarious about this? Look, look, there, there, it's a truck full of armed dudes in camouflage <laughs> with operator vests and uh, American military rifles, uh, what appear to be American military helmets. And one of them is literally wearing a chin diaper. He's got a blue N95 mask all over him. just over his chin. So he's health conscious. And no, that's none of the he, rest are wearing them. That's because he's the American advisor. <laughs> oh, there you go. That how you he's identify why requ He's required to or lose his job. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be identified as the American amongst them. So keep that mask on. I mean that. Oh, so it's could it could be that he, he actually wants he's he's like wait I have an excuse to hide my face here. This is a thing. Isn't that why the FBI agent wore his mask when they visited us? So anyway, it's a great excuse for people. I mean, now we're getting sucked away more into this. I mean, the Taliban. It's like all this stuff. It's it. They're military forces. The uh, their their elite unit. The uh, what what do they call them? The Badri three one three, and then you know CIA, U.S. troops doing missions outside Kabul, and we covered that. Um, I I wonder though, like this this, this I feel like a kid, like a like an autistic four year old with a Rubik's cube, trying to trying to figure it out. Um, looking at it, and I have to see every side of it, but I can't, I can't make it fit together. And and these these big questions with Mike Adams. I mean, obviously, what's going on in Afghanistan factors in, but it doesn't necessarily answer any of these bigger questions that are raised with COVID around population control, the purpose of the vaccine, what is the actual intent of the superclass, and to what extent is eugenics re relevant. To get back to that question, if I look at the super class, I go, okay, it's, it's, it's the 100 most powerful people in the world, there are going to at least be a handful of eugenicists. I would imagine it's going to be a lot more than the general population. If I say population control eugenicists specifically, and that is eugenicism with, with, with the idea of radically reducing or maintaining and not growing Earth's human population, how many in the general population do you think would, would qualify? Joey, you were talking about this. Like, there's there's a lot of, like Margaret Sanger, it's not uncommon. You know, I, I mean, so it's, if they're not eugenicists, they don't fall under that umbrella. They're, they're loyal to, uh, legislation and 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 practices and policies that were put in place by those people and they think that it makes sense so does that mean so maybe they don't even think they're eugenicists but they think this whole population no that's yeah that's, that's a good point that. but that's not what I'm, I'm getting at like is yeah there's a certain institutional momentum of of racism and eugenicism that's built in of let's build and but but even then but again so like, there's, I mean, there's, I'm, I'm skeptical because all you gotta do is poison the damn water supply. I mean, any more of this thing. It's easy. This is too complicated. If if there is in fact 
See, this is, I like that analysis. I, you know what I mean? This is it's way too, too complicated. It, it, it would be much simpler if that's what they were actually trying to do. Stop, and we wouldn't even know they're doing it because they just do it. Well, we have technology oh, before, before, that like far surpasses the technology that we as civilians even know about, and, and, and even like you know military personnel know about, unless you have the right classification. Right? They like, would just do the nuclear war thing and hide in a bunker and come out when it's done. No, they wouldn't do nuclear war. Well, they, That's what I mean. They would just poison the water supply or some sort of gas that, that is untraceable that like. Or they'd release a virus that's just, undetectable that makes people infertile if they haven't had the vaccine that only they've had first. Maybe. That's too much. But see, maybe they're trying to die. But yeah, that's a very good point. I want to point out on the bigger yeah, scale of things. Yeah, in our water. The uh, it's when this came up in my interview yesterday with Fanny Anzai, who is a Brazilian Japanese doctor living in Canada. She's very interesting, but she she was the uh, she's married and has kids. But yes, <coughs> she pointed out uh, she used the word dysgenic. That's another one. I, I I'm going to give my understanding uh, and then read the d dictionary definition, um, but. Dysgenic, uh, I heard this first defined, and, and, and it makes sense to me to use it in this way, as uh, dysgenic uh, as a species. We are dysgenic as in we are no longer subject to forces of nature in terms of determining uh, survival and reproduction, right? Our genetics, don't our genetic fitness doesn't define our ability to survive and reproduce nearly as much as sociological economic circumstances and many more of us are included in the ability to reproduce whereas in primitive human societies only one in ten children who were born i know this is a rough number some estimates whatever would make it to childbearing age or fertility at all and there is a massive factor of natural selection churning with every single generation of humanity oh yeah my has, grandmother had like eight miscarriages like and four kids like four live births but yeah it's it's we're getting better at it and the kids used to die all the time like no Just like suddenly. infant mortality you know and we even look in the united states we take this as a measure of being first world civilized society high-tech medical everything that infant mortality is relatively low well what does that say about human history think about it Human history, most of human history, infant mortality used to be really fucking hot compared to you today. You didn't even expect your like, baby to live. And I, like, right, yeah, you had a baby, like, I hope it lives. Like, hope it lives. Yeah, but I think about myself. How many infections have I had? That like, like I had a, I had, I had a. I know this sounds like a dumb example, but I had an infection in my heel from a blister that went in under the skin. I had to have surgically cleaned out and packed and be on antibiotics. If I didn't have antibiotics, then what would have happened? I'd be dead. Would like I septic and died? And, and we all live differently, sort of more. Like I have tape on my fingers from scraping them up doing construction shit. We just wouldn't have done that, or we would have done it very carefully before the existence of Neosporin. Because without, like, how many lives literally has Neosporin yeah, saved? Same we don't life. think of it because it's a simple thing, <laughs> and there's so many other, you know, interventions. But anyway, dysgenic, uh, number one, the definition here by Merriam-Webster, tending to promote survival of or reproduction by less well-adapted individuals, such as weak or diseased, 
especially at the expense of well-adapted individuals, such as the strong or healthy, the dysgenic effect of war, as an example. Okay, so you know what? I'm just going to lay one thing out for you. The food pyramid. <laughs> no, right, I don't. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about a low-key eugenist thing, because none of these higher-ups are eating McDonald's. People who are dumb shit, enough to let government tell them what to eat. Right, and then let their kids do it and, and let you think that you're doing good, right? Like, it's just, and they get you psychologically, too. They, they make you, you're getting your milk and your bread and your noodles and all your good things that are actually killing you. And even though you're reading, they kill it. Like, you still got this food pyramid. Okay, so this suggests head, like, a benign eugenicism among the super class, right? Where they go, shit. We've come a long way, so and we have to figure out a she, way to keep some selection going. And, and the only the people who are going to follow that are going to be victimized by it, right? The people like unlike us who are like, wait a minute, that's horseshit. I'm going to eat healthy despite what the food pyramid says. The people who don't, who aren't free thinkers, unfortunately, it's going to affect them more. So maybe it's a it, well, it's a two generate like you said about the kids. It's like a two generational eugenics program of of like the you say. The American obesity epidemic, if it's not natural and organic and a phenomena of modern industry, if it's really more the product of the manipulation of the food pyramid, and agriculture, and subsidies, and farming, poisoning corn syrup, and dairy for a hundred and, and, years, and, and, like well, that wasn't no, 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 but I'm talking about, like I'm talking that. about recently, I'm talking about like post, the food pyramid was 80s, wasn't it? It was in the 80s. So I'm talking about like 60s, to today as in a sort of two-step multi-generational eugenics program of we want to reduce people who are uh, the population uh, of people who are prone to obesity so let's and, and and let's filter it out by people who are dumb enough to eat fast food and have no, low impulse control and can be tricked by red and yellow fast food signs and will eat themselves into obesity and they'll still have kids, but they'll raise their kids obese and their kids won't reproduce. Now, I don't want to, I'm not, I'm not fat hating or shaming, but just as a matter of reality, I'll do it another way. If you're thinking like but them, it makes sense. If, if, if you think about are fit people more likely to re reproduce or overweight people? And if you were raised obese, if you're, and it's a form of child abuse, I mean, but if you were raised obese, are you, you know, are you more or less likely to have a healthy kid, well, as a man or a woman? I mean, to, to be attractive and to be healthy enough to complete that process, you're going to be a lot less likely. So maybe the second generation is where, like, okay, if you were a, a kid, someone who fell for the racket, now you're 90% less likely to have kids in the next generation. Yeah, this generation doesn't even want kids. You ask Gen Z that are coming of age. And then there's and a lot like, of that. No, maybe I don't want to reproduce. Yeah. Like, maybe the social engineering. Maybe, so, that started so, in our generation. I mean, a lot of millennials even were like, they didn't have kids. They okay, so the radar and they and, and even now that we're turning the corner yeah, 40, yeah, yeah. they don't have kids. And a lot of that's conditioning. So if, Ed? I was a chubby kid because I had asthma. I couldn't go out and run and exercise like everybody else. And once I overcame the, the asthma, basically, and became more healthy and more active, I lost the weight. So, you know, what, you, what happens? 90%. A lot of it, it's not a, it's not a universal. A lot of people overcome it. I'm not saying it's un, 
uh, you know, it's 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 a hundred percent. But what I want what I want to get at here is that if if what we're speculating on right now, as just like and, and Joey, what you said about Gen Zers not wanting to have kids, a lot of that is obesity. A lot of that is gender dysmorphia. Uh, the, and now they are, have the means. People who are are not confident in their genders or don't have a. a Gender dysmorphia, I think, literally just dysmorphia, like body dysmorphia, like you're anorexic. No matter how skinny you get, you see yourself as fat. Right. You have a, 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 a disconnected from reality you way too much cable view TV of yourself, kid. right? So if you, for so many, so many kids today who have that with gender, if you don't have confidence in your gender role, you're not going to jump to having kids necessarily. You're going to be discouraged. If that's social, and, and, and we know to some degree... This is deliberate social engineering. So can we put this together in a big picture? If these are the dominant dynamics of what the superclass is doing to the rest of us, and it's 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 definitely there's definitely elements uh, there there are definitely elements of evil and and mass murder even and violations of the non-aggression principle, but this is a little more benign version of eugenics than say. Yeah, we want to kill 90% of the population and have nothing left but our families and people who are sucking our dicks, right? Uh, they might be looking at this going, you know, we really need to make sure that we don't... I, I mean, some of them could be so benign as to say, we want to prevent human suffering in the future. We need to think of gentle ways of, of reintroducing selective factors into the population. And if that's the case, what then do, do we do about it? What are the implications for us as activists if we fight the if we if we fight the war thing? You know, we I think we've won the war issue honestly as a species for the most part. It's not over. I'm not declaring, you know, the the end of war itself, but you know, the, the decline in violence and, and overall like violent deaths by by fellow human hands. I, I think we've kind of beat the war thing. I don't think the superclass can use war as a means of population control anymore. But they could use COVID. They could use vaccines. They could use social conditioning. They could use uh, gender dysphoria. They could use technology. They could use the, the, the screen dependency and then manipulation of that, insertion of propaganda. Uh, they could do it by dietary manipulation combined with propaganda like the food pyramid they could do it without the propaganda just by subsidizing corn to the point that corn syrup is in in most processed foods at the grocery store they could do it by manipulation of the welfare state making people dependent fuck did i just turn into mike adams uh, like is this if, if all of these things are some kind of deliberate means of population control or introducing genetically selective pressures into the population then as activists like we we have to have an answer to if this uh, is true or not what okay. do we do about it so right if they can turn a large portion of the population into npcs would they and, and that is ties that into to gray's comment here i don't know if you i'm not on in, in the back street or the uh, backstage right now, but Gray on YouTube says eugenics has evolved a lot. Institutions across society all have eugenic effort or effects. Our school system and psychiatry are a couple of especially eugenic programs. And yeah, I mean, our school system conditioning children to be good little worker bees. I mean, that's that's a, a form of 
a population control so you could put it in that eugenics movement yeah you grew up they don't think for themselves you could say that the modern education system is is a eugenics program in the sense that uh either you are it it, it puts you into the regimentation and it says you're either going to escape it and and be above it or outside it and be more useful or you're not going to adapt and it's going to filter you out as, as so useless that you're pushed out and pushed down essentially right and then you grow up and you end up in a shrink's office who puts you on a bunch of drugs that dumb you down more so you're yeah, either you're either you're either a, you're either a leader a drone worker or someone we deal with right and and that mechanism is carried out by the prussian educational system of cemetery row seating and grades and everything that goes along with that is that man that's it seems like a really pessimistic view but at some to some degree this has to be true right what's this one ed did you put that one up yes i did because i believe it's a big part of all of this i'll read it chemicals including estrogen mimickers affecting the endocrine system affecting weight masculinity femininity is what you're talking about is soy soy is like a false estrogen or a, an organic estrogen a lot of soy products are are concentrated and used for uh, menopausal women okay well Isn't the stuff they're putting in the water to make the frogs gay don't we have do we have the documents here for that somewhere I think I have. I have the the frogs are bisexual, Adam. <laughs> God, <laughs> it doesn't have to just be gay or straight, okay? No, no. There's a. It's crazy. They they control everything. And the thing with, with the thing with soy, okay? You could try and cut soy out of your diet. If a male cuts the soy and the fake estrogens out of their diet, it raises their testosterone level. And right now, high testosterone levels are the first generator of prostate cancer. Because that's the first thing they do. If you get pro diagnosed with prostate cancer, they start shooting you with chemicals that lowers your testosterone down to zero. Once they get it down to zero, then they consider it as managed and then you get on a long-term program where every six months or every year you go in and you have a booster shot that maintains your testosterone down to zero. And when a man's testosterone stays down at zero, he isn't a whole lot of a man, is he? No, it's a very strange set of uh, you know, chemical interactions with that hormone. And, you know, I've done steroids uh, that were basically just injected testosterone supplements. Um, and I've done testosterone replacement therapy, so I've experienced that. And, you know, I'm, I'm in the normal range, but low enough that I qualify to use it legally. And I, I, I wonder for so many men who don't have just basic assertive confidence, if there's something that they're doing in their daily habits. And then I go, oh, yeah, they're watching four fucking hours of TV sitting on their asses eating shit food no wonder they don't have any testosterone no wonder they don't have any confidence and it's not just oh oh they, they're a spindly guy with low muscle mass it's for men and and i know with women and testosterone is is one way that we look at and understand this with men but with women 
same effect of the same bullshit of, of the chemical poisoning, right? Just not I as correct and obvious. Can I tie it back to the food pyramid with that? Yeah. Seriously, and I miss this. I had this revelation as a kid, call me weird. But the 80s movies, you look at the average woman who was born in the 70s or late 60s at that point, right? You're watching the 80s movies. Big old healthy natural breasts. That doesn't happen anymore. Very rarely is a woman. It's it's we are we are. Hollywood our generation is is just small chested. Everybody's getting breast implants now. It's not. Is that the food pyramid and the lack of nutrition? Because prior to that, like people still had their independent farms, right? Sixties and seventies, you might still be buying from your local grocer who was. Oh, no, like a not. girl going through puberty who's ingesting a lot of chemical bullshit less estrogen in women now than than just two generations ago think about it do women take estrogen supplements yeah that's a thing part of the attack of the nuclear family (laughs) i don't know (laughs) oh the attack on the nuclear family that conservative chestnut uh, no, but that is it is it is important to Eat say healthy, that, yeah, bring it's, back it's natural just, breasts. Yeah. <laughs> Save the boobs. <laughs> but yeah, the, the new the, the well, how do you connect the destruction or the the assault on the nuclear family to eugenics? You make women men and men women, and none of them can reproduce, and after a short period of time, they all die off, and you've completed your project. I also want to point out too the there is a higher rate of birth these days, like you said, but I, there's also a higher rate of C sections. Like they just aren't letting women have natural birth, or they can't. So it's all like like is the birth rate being that's increased? Like I I wonder if you did the math right based on the lower birth rate of say 100 years ago versus now, where right. everything's being you know taken out by science, you know how relatively what that would look like like are we really having more kids if you factor out the women who had to have a c-section and assume those aren't live births in this study because they wouldn't be alive if it weren't for modern medicine is the birth rate higher or lower now i wonder hmm. if you factor out all the the technology right well i was i mean again it's like if if i i think about if it wasn't for antibiotics antibiotics I would that, be dead right now. That, of course. Um, I don't want to. It's not as. It's not quite as simple as that. No. If there weren't antibiotics, I would be living a much more cautious lifestyle. I never would have let myself get little nicks and cuts and infections in the first place, right? Um, but yeah, how many births wouldn't be happening? How many how many mothers would just die in childbirth without that? Then we're we're at this weird population control perspective looking from the population control perspective where they want to reduce overall population and they're doing it with all of the chemical interventions and dietary manipulation but then they're propping it up on the other side with with medicine with sort of high-tech medicine um maybe it's multi-generational then they expect that oh yes a mother who's eaten shit food her whole life can still have a kid by c-section but we're counting on that kid being fucked up enough. They're probably not going to be able to have a kid. What are the two most commonly used commercial consumer products that have the greatest warning on them? Two biggies. Food. 
No, cigarettes. Cigarettes and alcohol. Cigarettes says this will kill you. <laughs> the warning on it says it will kill you. Okay. Right. <laughs> the other one is diet soda. Okay. Uh, it's phenylketonurics. It says warning, danger. Fe contains phenylketonurics. Contains phenylalanine. Okay. Do you know what phenylketonurics are, Adam? No. It sounds serious. It is, it is a chemical that is not <laughs> sweet, but it tells your brain that it is sweet. Right. Get out of my head. <laughs> That's some underhanded shit See right you. there. Wait, didn't they ban MSG for that reason? Because it made your belly think you were full and you weren't really yes. full, but now we're still. Yes. Hold yes. on. There it is. There it is. Yes. That hypocritical That's government wonderful. shit. Okay. Yeah. It's not as dangerous as cyclamates. Do you remember cyclamates, Adam? No. For a very short time in the late 70s, okay? I mean, very short time. The FDA approved through underhanded methods the okay of cyclamates as an artificial sweetener to be used in soda. They, they used it. They put it in there. It only took a few months before the, all of the... It, it was just, it was bad, okay? The the reactions to it was really bad, and they pulled it all off the market, and it disappeared right away, and you don't hear another word about it since. Right. Okay? But I sure remember it very clearly. Very clear. I didn't taste any of it, but I, I remember it coming through and hurting a lot of people, and they pulled it, and done. You can't trust the FDA, because whatever money you slide them is what they're going to okay. And I'm sure with this covid BS stuff. I put a question up earlier that you didn't see. Is the authorities of the CCP, do you believe they are eugenicists? And do you believe that they are complicit in this eugenics program worldwide of calling a lot of the population? Because they got a lot of population that they want to get rid of. You know, but I don't see a lot of Chinese dying in big numbers. You know, if, if the Chinese don't die in as big a numbers as everybody else, it makes me think that it was an attack by the Chinese on everybody. Right, yeah, it's, so there's this other thing. You know, the whole other dynamic that needs to be analyzed here is to what extent too. are the eugenicists sort of partial to their own race or their own club or their own populations, and it's that... China's it, healthier than us, though, anyway, so it has to take that into effect. How do you measure that? Well, I mean, look at their obesity problem versus ours. It's not the only measure. No. Even nutritional deficiencies, infant mortality. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. So, is, speaking of eugenics, since we've been talking about it for like an hour now, plus, um, we do have some headlines we need to get to about the current state of eugenics. I hope this has been a really fun conversation for y'all. It's been for me because I'm. It's now uh, something that I have to look at the news every day with an eye to what is the population control angle to this story, but also in figuring out for my worldview, you know, how relevant are the population control members of the super class? So Wall Street Journal, Biden administration likely to approve COVID-19 boosters at six months. You know, one of my favorite memes about COVID, uh, it, was, it was actually someone at a protest holding up a sign saying, it's not a pandemic, it's an IQ test. 
<laughs> exactly. Did you fall for it? Did you fall? Did you gonna fall for it again? Keep getting vaccines. You wanna get the vaccine again? Pfizer, BioNTech, and it's not just—it's—it's it's a gullibility test, right? Not an IQ test, but Pfizer, BioNTech have requested clearance for COVID-19 vaccine boosters that an official said could be administered six months after previous dose. That's that's the norm they're going for. CNBC.com. And this is like I am I am glad to be kicked off Delta Airlines now or banned from from flying on Delta. They are really a distinctly shitty airline. I got them once a few months ago because someone else bought a ticket for me and it was just like the cheapest that came up in that time window or something. But it's like no what Delta it, it, I've it, never flown Delta, I don't think. Never flown Ed, you don't I fly don't that so. much, do you? You fly a reasonable amount, I guess. Xavier Smith, did Adam get the vaccine? No. No, um, and I, and I don't plan to, but uh, Delta seems like it's always a shitty airline. This headline now, CNBC.com, Delta Airlines is raising health insurance premiums for unvaccinated unvaccinated employees by two hundred dollars a month to cover higher COVID costs. So the meme in my is in my head right now where. Who's sitting on the the gallows this first time? And I'm thinking uh, tobacco smokers. Like, yeah, right. They've upped insurance premiums on tobacco smokers. Uh, but not people who drink. And this blows my mind because both are equally as unhealthy. If you're going to do that, I understand. But be fair. Yeah. No, and it's it's a, there's a complete divorce from sort of uh, I don't want to say complete divorce, but there in, in terms of these policies, there's a complete divorce from relevance to actual actuarial tables, uh, which is what insurance companies use to determine relative risk and what insurance costs and policies and premiums should be, as opposed to just, well, if you're unvaccinated, we're just gonna charge you $200 a month more. And it, it, the other meme, you know, the guy riding the bicycle sticks the spoke in his own wheel and then, or sticks a stick in his own spokes and then, you know, falls off and blames somebody. It's like employers mandating vaccines Ah, uh, employees Nobody won't quit and won't come to work. I mean, <laughs> damn employee shortage, damn, damn, yeah, damn labor shortage. Uh, Washington Post at MSN.com to the origin of the virus here briefly. Biden receives inconclusive intelligence report on COVID origins. President Biden on Tuesday received a classified report from the intelligence community that was inconclusive about the origins of the novel coronavirus, including whether the pathogen jumped from an animal to a human as part of a natural process or escaped from a lab in central China. According to U.S. officials familiar with the matter. Yeah, they wrote that in a note to Joe Biden on the back of a $100 bill. Uh, well, what they're, I, I don't think this is indicative of the truth. This is indicative of what they want you to believe. And they want you to believe right now that it's not just uncertain, it's so uncertain and so unknowable, not even the president himself knows whether the virus was uh, sort of natural, organic, or escaped from a lab. Or the, the, <laughs> escaped from a lab, you know, <laughs> escaped. Yeah, because you know, you know when they they engineer these viruses in the lab so well that they 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 become intelligent and they sprout legs and then they learn how to pick locks. And next thing you know, and it goes to the wet market for lunch. (laughs) 
All right, businessinsider.com. U.S. billionaires' collective wealth grew enough during the pandemic to pay off the $1.7 trillion student debt crisis. And it's like, wow, yeah, a new report found U.S. billionaires, just U.S. billionaires, collectively got $1.8 trillion richer during the pandemic. Now, trillion. Yeah. T with a tri- with a trillion with a T. So they compare this in this story uh, to the one point seven dollar one point seven trillion dollar student debt crisis. Let's compare it to the twenty trillion dollars spent in Afghanistan over the last twenty years. How much does that rip off for the super class? Because that's twenty trillion spent. How much of that was actual profit? Relatively small. Compared to the Afghanistan racket, the COVID racket is much, much, much more efficient at making the rich richer at the expense of everybody else. And I think maintaining or strengthening the uh, the stability of the system as opposed to the destabilizing effects of war. Um, quick change of subject, New York Post with this headline, but it's kind of a need to know. FBI Palantir glitch allowed unauthorized access to private data. I mean, I, I almost get tired of sharing these stories because it's like every day you go, well, what's the point? What's the point? What's the point? None of your digital communications are secure, period. Uh-huh. And unless it's digital because you have an offline device that can never be touched by any signal then maybe it's secure. A computer glitch in a secretive software program used by the FBI allowed some unauthorized employees to access private data for more than a year, prosecutors revealed in a new court filing. The screw-up in the Palantir program, a software created by a sprawling data analytics company co-founded by billionaire Peter Thiel, was detailed in a letter by prosecutors in the Manhattan federal court case against accused hacker Virgil Griffin. I don't think there's anything else to make from this. Damn Ed, Virgil. I appreciate your help figuring out the uh, the eugenics challenge today. I don't know, any, did we miss any critical comments or do you have any final thoughts or, or should we get on to Jim here and the good news? I'm good. All right, there is good news. There is good news in history, not today, but in history. Jim, give us the promos. What's going on, everybody? I hope you enjoyed the show today. I am going to do the promos while you look at the most beautiful and precious angel from heaven. <laughs> T.me forward slash Adam versus man is where you can go to check out the links, except for today we didn't put any links. We're gonna we're just talking. Patreon.com forward slash Adam versus man. Instagram at the Garden of Freedom. www.homepromptbuddies.com. Thecrypto6.com. GoGreenEnergyOnline.com. Visit all those websites. Educate yourself on all those websites. Do it in any order you want. I love you. I'm a grandpa. Have a great day. There's actually a lot of good news on this day in history from goodnewsnetwork.org. But I'm just going to read the lead story here because it's a lot of fun. 230 years ago today, John Fitch was granted a U.S. patent for a boat propelled by steam power, which used mechanical paddles to propel it atop lakes and rivers, an invention that revolutionized commercial transport of both passengers and freight. The American inventor, clockmaker, silversmith, surveyor, entrepreneur, and engineer also provided beer, rum, 
and other supplies in 1778 to General Washington's troops at Valley Forge. It was also on this day in history. And by the way, that was John Fitch. Uh, also on this day in 1847, Liberia was proclaimed an independent republic. And with that, mwah, peace and love, y'all. Choose happiness and be excellent. <laughs>